0: Welcome to Formative, the show where today's leaders are interviewed by the leaders of tomorrow. Season five of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc., whose purpose is to create a brighter future with bold representation from underrepresented youth so we can realize the full potential of every one of us. We've got Ngo Okaffer with us today. He's a former boxer and current fitness trainer who's using some of the biggest challenges in his life to help other people, including some celebs. We're so glad to have him here today. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel Gazdick, CEO of New York Edge, and my co-host today is Mariani from MS389X. Mariani, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm
1: in eighth grade and I go to Bronx Global Learning Institute for Girls in the South Bronx and I enjoy fashion, music, and
0: I enjoy gardening. Well, let's bring him in. Welcome to Goa Thanks so much for being here today.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. So
0: Mariani, I know you have some great questions. So let's uh, keep going. And why don't you throw out your first question?
1: The first question I have would be what inspired you into your career for fitness?
2: That's a great question. Thank you. You know, when I was younger, I was a very skinny kid. I was very sick when I was younger than you. And as I was getting older, like getting into my teens, I didn't get a chance to play sports or exercise like the other kids. So I feel like that was part of the reason why I was such a skinny kid. I was one of the smarter kids, so I was always the youngest in my class. And I was bullied because I was the skinniest one. And over time of getting bullied, I just got sick of it and I just wanted to change it. I just wanted to have a normal life like every other kid. So I started working out so that I can get stronger and put on a little bit of muscle so that I could protect myself from the bullies. I was about 14, 14 and a half. And after three months of working out, I got stronger and I was able to protect myself. So I just went to the gym and my older brother and I, this was back in Nigeria, we would walk an hour and a half each way. So walk an hour and a half to get to the gym. And then we'll be in the gym for about two hours. And we would ask questions and try to learn as much as we could. And then at the end of the two hours, we would walk another hour and a half to get back home. And I just fell in love with it because I felt like that's what gave me my life back because I got stronger and I was able to defend myself against one of these bullies. And Everybody left me alone after that. That's how my love for fitness began. And then as a career, that was a completely different thing. Somebody had a question about exercise or nutrition. I was always happy to help them. But um, a friend of mine suggested becoming a trainer. And I didn't want to become a trainer originally because I didn't want to like the gym was my safe space. No matter what was going on in the world, no matter how bad or how unsettling life was, I could go to the gym and, be, and feel safe and feel like I'm in control. So I didn't want that to now turn into work and for some reason hate it. So I didn't want to become a trainer. But my friend said, listen, just try it if you don't like it. You don't have to do it forever. So I went and applied and I got a job at Equinox in Manhattan. It married the two worlds for me. Like I love teaching and I love fitness. So it brought those two worlds together for me. And it just was the best experience. And I just was just basically like finding a passion for teaching and fitness and learning more and getting deeper into it. And I just continued doing it. I continued growing and getting better up until now.
0: What was it like growing up with a recurrent respiratory illness?
2: When I was younger, as far back as I could remember, like after my toddler years, I just had uh, a compromised respiratory system. So I had severe asthma. I was very allergic to. Most things, including dust, anything fragrant. So, perfume, hair products, makeup, anything that could release particles into the air usually would irritate my lungs and I could have an asthma attack or, and I had pneumonia, bronchitis. I would spend a lot of time in the hospital. Like, I remember a time where I was in the hospital for a month and uh, growing up in Nigeria. For a lot of that time, the doctors didn't really know what was wrong with me. So we tried different types of treatments and most of them didn't work. And, you know, I would sometimes look like I'm getting healthier and then fall back. Get a little healthier and then fall back. And this went on for years. And I remember times when I would be so weak that I would pass out. And I would wake up in the hospital, wake up being rushed, my dad carrying me and rushing to the car and driving to the hospital. So that was a lot of my childhood. I just got lucky. And at 13, 14, I I just went away.
0: Did that affect your social life?
2: Well, I didn't have any friends really because I just wasn't there. And you have to be social with friends to keep friends. And a lot of times I would be hospital home and I would go to school, but I would go right back home and I would have to study. Like my mom would photocopy notes from the other kids in class. And most of my time would be spent trying to catch up to what the other kids were doing. So it just wasn't it wasn't a fun childhood. It was just always either sick or work, <laughs> sick or studying. It wasn't like going out and hanging out with friends like the other people do. I never thought about that until you mentioned it because it might have been hard for them too to establish a relationship with me because they didn't really know me.
0: What's your advice for kids who are being bullied?
2: My advice for anyone that's being bullied is to get advice from an adult that you trust because a lot of times when you're in it, you can't see outside of it. You know, when you're young, you just don't see that you're ever going to get older and you're ever going to grow past this stage of your life. So it just feels as though you're trapped. And because you feel that you're trapped, there's a hopelessness that goes along with it. But if you speak to an adult or an older person that you trust, they'll give you perspective and they may be able to offer advice that will help you get through it or conquer the bullying. I got one of my clients, 13-year-old, that I had trained. He was on the heavier side and he was being bullied. So I trained him and most of my training was virtual because he lives in Pennsylvania, I live in New York. So I taught him boxing over the phone. And I don't push violence, but you have to do what you have to do to protect yourself. And he was getting bullied by this kid who would call him names and call him fad and just use really hurtful words toward him. But he didn't know that he and I had been training for three months. And I broke down boxing and I gave him two punches he can use, straight punches. We practiced that every single day in addition to doing squats and push-ups that were getting his body strong. So he came to school and I orchestrated the, if I would call it a bully, beat down. But uh, I, I told him, listen, you go to school like you normally do Go to class like you normally would. Don't try to hide from him. Sit wherever you want in the classroom. And he did that. And this kid immediately turned and saw him and was just like, what what are you doing? And just starts going at him. And I told him, tell him to stop and leave you alone. That business stopped. And if he continues to do that, I want you to push him in his chest as hard as you can. And the kid kept talking. He said, listen, like, I want you to stop. I need you to stop. I don't like this. And of course, the bully didn't stop. So he shoved him hard into the lockers and his glasses fell off. And then the bully started crying. And that was the end of it. Nobody else ever bullied him. Nobody ever said anything mean to him from that point on because bullies look for the path of easiest resistance. So if you put up a fight, they're not strong people, they're weak people. And they do these things because they know that you're not going to stand up and fight for yourself if they know that person over there is going to stand up and fight for themselves, they'll go find someone who won't. So once he stood up and fought for himself, that was the end of it. And now he's just blossoming and he's working out every day. Like he would play basketball with friends for hours and then he would go lift weights and he would send me videos of him lifting something heavy or text me and say, Hey, you know, my body's changing. I'm getting stronger. And I would just continue to give them positive feedback because I'm older and I know more and I've experienced a lot more. So I can tell them, listen, whatever it is that's going on in your life right now, we can change it. And we did change it. And then we can continue to change it. And you can do anything you want to do and become anything you want to become in this life.
0: So thank you for that.
2: You are welcome.
0: I agree. And Mariani, I'm wondering if there's any advice you have for kids who are being bullied or what experiences you faced around bullying. I don't think I've
1: ever had that much of an experience with bullying or have any advice. I'm not really a social person, so I don't talk much with other people it's to actually have more of a, like experience with bullying since most of it now is kind of just taken as a joke. So I don't know if it is or if it isn't anymore. So how many people have you helped so far when you first began, like, as a fitness trainer?
2: Oh, wow. I've trained hundreds of people. I started working at Equinox in 2006. So that's about 17 years now. So I've worked with hundreds of people of all ages, men, women, boys, girls, grandmas, grandpas. The oldest client I've ever had was uh, 78. She wanted to get stronger because, you know, as you get older, if you don't do much strength training, you're gonna lose bone mass. And it's natural for it to happen in both men and women. So she wanted to get stronger and not have a fear of falling and breaking a bone. So we worked together and she was always so happy to be there, always so excited to be there. And it made a lot of fun for me to work with her. And the youngest person I worked with was a nine-year-old. Well, their mom wanted her to just be active. So the mom wanted me to create exercises that were fun and engaging so that she would move around for an hour. Um, A lot of kids, she told me, her age would just be on their devices and they just weren't very active. So I would create little mini hurdles or we would toss a ball together. So it was more about fun and movement than a particular workout program. Like, when you know, we weren't trying to get her stronger or do like a weight loss program. It was just about activity and having fun.
1: Were there any, like, kind of celebrities you've worked with while doing your, like, fitness training?
2: Yes. I trained JLo. I don't know if you watch Law & Order SVU. I trained, her name is Mariska Hargitay. She plays Lydia Benson. You're trying to think of young people you may know. Some of the celebrities that train are a little bit older, like Brooke Shields, you may not know her. There is another Victoria's Secret model. Her name is Chanel Iman, but I trained her. I helped her get ready for one of her shows. Another one is Ethan Hawke. Chris Knows. he was on the TV show Sex in the City. So quite a few, but like I said, they're probably even older than your parents.
0: What does it look like to prepare like J-Lo or somebody for a big show where they're touring all over the globe? Is it rigorous? Does it look different from your other clients?
2: It depends on who the client is and what their goals are. For someone like a J-Lo who is like super high energy, be it on stage or even when she's on film, like our latest movie, The Mother, She's playing an assassin, so she's very active. So you have to train the client based on what their needs are. So if she's going to be on the road or be on, going on tour, you have to get her cardiovascular strength up in addition to regulars, you know, like her muscular strength. Her cardiovascular strength has to be up because she has to be able to handle the grueling travel And when she gets to whatever city she's performing, be able to jump on stage and perform and handle all of that and, you know, get back on a plane. So you have to get them strong and you have to get them cardiovascularly strong. And then for movies, you may be training someone just to look a certain way. So you have to now work with them on their nutrition and they're trying to get them bigger. You have to come up with a program. Do they just want them to be heavier, or do they want them to be bigger muscularly? so these are all things that you have to take into consideration when you're training or preparing client a celebrity, someone who's on camera, or someone who's on stage, you prepare them specifically for what they need
0: super interesting, yeah because you think about the rigor of their tours, and I just watched Mother and I You know, it's like, did she drive those snowmobiles and do all the stunts?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, even though she doesn't do those stunts, she still has to do fight choreography. She still has to do fight training and, you know, to be able to simulate the speed and, you know, to have it look good on camera. Because if you don't know how to throw a punch or if you don't know how to, Absorb a punch or roll from a punch, you just won't look good on camera. So you still have to do the work.
1: What advice would you give to younger people in regards to like fitness or health?
2: That's a great question. The advice that I would give to young people regarding fitness and health is to not learn from Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) That's the biggest advice that I would give because there are a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, don't know what they're talking about. But because Instagram is free and you can say whatever you want on Instagram, they're spreading false information. What I would say to young people is you just want to start moving. Just find something that you consider fun and do that for 30 minutes a day. Everything doesn't have to be about lifting weights or doing some extreme workout. It could be something like dancing. It could be hip-hop dance. It could be about whatever it is. Or it could be running. It could be going for a long walk with your friends, playing with your brother, your younger brother, older brother. So just moving is the most important thing. And eating a balanced diet. I mean... A good mix of proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and fruit. You know, you don't want to limit yourself to one thing. You want to have all the colors on your plate. And it's all about being consistent, doing a little bit every day, a little bit every day, so you don't ever feel like you have to go in and do five hours of exercise. Just 20 minutes, 30 minutes every day is better. It's trying to go either to the gym or go to the dance studio and try to kill it for five hours, just a little bit at a time, and then eat a balanced diet. That's my advice to anyone, not just young people, to anybody of any age.
1: I would honestly like to know what was your first experience when you started modeling?
2: You know, when I moved to New York, I actually was an IT specialist, so I didn't come to New York wanting to become a model. I went to school, I studied computer science, I was working as an IT guy, and I was teaching engineers and architects how to draw using computers, because back then they would draw by hand. So we had to teach them how to digitize all their drawings and then moving forward, how to draw using computers, using AutoCAD. And after six months of being in New York, I got laid off. And I was just a bit lost trying to figure out what I would do, what my next move would be. And I just didn't want to go back to corporate. I didn't want to go back to the corporate grind. So I just told said to myself, hey, you know, you're in New York. This is the land of the arts. You can do anything you want to do, you know, anything that you've ever dreamt of doing. In the past, I look at magazines and I always wondered who these people were. How did they get these careers? And I just told myself it was something I wanted to just explore and see what would happen. So I looked at the top guys and what they looked like. And I said, okay, I'm going to now create an equation to build my body to look similar to the guys that are successful. So that was my first step. So I did that. And then when I felt that I had achieved the look of the guys that were successful, I started looking for a photographer and then I found a photographer in the gym And he agreed to take pictures of me. A lot of agencies said no. They said that I wasn't right for them. Actually, all of them said no with the first time that I went. So I went back, took another month, trained a little bit more, took new pictures, went back. All of them said no except one. So I finally got one agent. And the way it works is Companies, if they're doing like an advertising campaign, they send out what they're looking for to the modeling agencies. And then the modeling agencies send the models that look like what the ad is looking for. For example, if it's Gap or by Jeans, they're looking for an athletic black male. So the modeling agencies would now send the athletic black males that they represent to the casting, which is an audition. And when you get to the casting, the producers of the ad would ask you questions or take pictures and see who fits the look that they want the most. And then they pick who they want to work with and they hire you and you do a photo shoot and you work with them and you pay your agent 20% of whatever you make. So all the money is not yours. So 20% of it goes to your agency and then you got to pay taxes on it. So it's a business. Yeah,
1: I think another question I have would be what would have been the best outcome you've had so far in your career in fitness training?
2: By far the best outcome for me is being able to buy and own my own gym. I still pitch myself every day that I walk into the gym and it's almost five years. I just, I always wanted to have my own space where I could create the vibe and the energy that I wanted. I always wanted work to feel like home and family. I never want to feel like I'm going to work. Like I, I always wanted to feel like I was going into hang out with my friends and we all make money together and we all build and support each other. And it just makes the day go by quicker and we help the client. So it's just a collaborative space. I've worked at other gyms where it was always competition and people didn't really work together and it was a lot of jealousy and envy. But at my gym, we all work together. We cheer each other on and cheer their clients on. And it just feels like so much more, much more supportive environment. And I'm free. I feel free to come in and work as hard as I want. I can come in as early as I want to. I trained my first client at 5 a.m. At other gyms, it was always a problem getting in that early because nobody wanted to. So I was like, listen, give me a key. I'll open the gym. I'll turn on all the lights that was the problems. But now I can come in as early as I want. If I'm working with a client who has to be on set at 5 a.m. If they want me to train them at 4 a.m., I can come and train them at 4 a.m. I'm free to do anything and become anything that I want. And that is because I was able to work hard and buy my own gym.
1: What would be the earliest time you've ever opened your gym to help somebody?
2: 4 a.m., (laughs) <laughs> 4 a.m. is the earliest of them were opened. Yeah. I woke up at 3, 3, 3.15 and got to the gym a little bit before 4 and opened up at 4. That was early. People were still going to bars at that time. The bars were still <laughs> open. Yeah. How about you, Marianne? What do you envision? What's your dream?
1: Right now, I would say it would be fashion.
2: Okay. What kind of fashion?
1: I mean, any fashion, since I, I try any style. I don't really mind.
2: Do you like like high fashion, like big ball gowns? Or do you like, well, she wear kind of fashion?
1: I'd say like a little bit of both. Okay. I dress differently coming to school outside of school or when it's more of like a dress down day in the school. So
2: if you were invited to the Oscars what would you wear?
1: Oh, it's a little hard because I'm not sure what I would wear personally.
2: But, but think <laughs> about it like this. like It's your world. It's your world. You can do anything. You can do anything. You can wear anything. What would be your go-to? I'm a
1: really indecisive person, so it would take me a while to figure out what I would really feel like comfortable in to go to the Oscars in. <laughs> So it'd take like a couple of maybe minutes or hours to figure out what I'd really want to (laughs) wear.
2: Trust me, it looks easy when it's done, but a lot of those celebrities takes them hours to pick out what they're going to wear too. A lot of times they have like five different ideas and then they try each one and then they're like, okay, they settle on one outfit because you can't wear all five. So they just have to settle on one outfit and then go with that.
0: So I'm going to ask our final question, which we ask all our guests. Yes. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your 13 year old self?
2: Knowing what I know now, the advice that I would give my 13 year old self is to not stress over the future. Don't worry about the future just relax and live your life day to day one day at a time and have as much fun as you can every single day get your work done but have fun every single day because that's what matters the most the future will figure itself out as long as you keep doing your best every single day
0: Well, I think that's a great way to end the show. And I just want to thank both of you. It's been such a joy to do this and learn so much today. So thank you uh, for being with us.
2: You're very welcome. Have a great rest of your day.
0: Thanks for listening to Formative, a production of New York Edge. I'm your host, Rachel Gazdick. My co-host today was Mariani from 389X in the Bronx. She was assisted by Destiny. Season 5 the Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Race Car. This episode was produced by Tasha AF Lemley. Post-production by Alex Brower. Original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Thanks to the whole team here at New York Edge for making this series possible. Never miss an episode of Formative by subscribing to the series at newyorkedge.org formative or wherever you get your podcasts.